Good morning, I'm Tom Robinson. This is Precision Talk. It's brought to you every Friday morning by HDSAG. Their number 800-741-3305. We're joined by the general manager, Adam Gittins, this morning. And uh, Adam, a happy new year to you. I know the office closed today so family can uh, gather and uh, talk about, well, the new year. It's going to be a great start, isn't it? We are sure excited about uh, starting off 2021 here. And yes, our office is closed today, but uh, we're certainly back open on Monday and, and ready to handle any business needs you may have. So feel free to give us a call. Coming off of the Christmas holiday here, Tom, um, I ran across an interesting article here this past week on uh, Drone Life's website, and it was titled, So You Got a Drone for Christmas, Now What? And I thought we could spend some time talking through that this morning. And, and Tom, you've got a drone. So yes. You're familiar with some of these things, and we've, we've had some of these conversations already about some of the things we're going to talk about this morning. And one of them is uh, as far as a pilot's license. Well, yeah, so the FAA has a definition yeah. of commercial versus recreational. There is an exemption in the current rules for recreational flight, but they are pretty stringent on that. Recreational means that it is that. It is purely for entertainment value mm. and nothing else. They, could, they define commercial as furtherance of a business. So if we even so much as fly over our crops and look at our crops, that can be considered furtherance of our business. farming business and therefore falls into the commercial category where we would need to have that Part 107 uh, commercial certificate to be able to fly that drone. But, you know, even before that, Tom, let's step back just a little bit here. The first thing we need to think about, even before we make the decision of commercial versus recreational, is uh, the very first thing we've got to do is register it. Before we even put it in the air, after you get the box open, of course, we've got to charge the batteries, but the drone has to be registered with the FAA. This is a, a license plate of sort to put on the drone. It's $5 a year. Um, actually, it's $5 for multiple-year registration, but uh, pretty inexpensive and you get a registration number, and you put that on the outside of the drone. So that is absolutely step one. We've got to have that registration number on there. Then we start looking at recreational, commercial. Now, if you did get one for Christmas, and you really are just going to go out and fly it and take pictures of snow and trees yeah. and, and just having fun with it, sure, you can spend the $5 and register it, and you can go fly it under that recreational exemption. I want to tell you, the drone that we purchased from HTSA, that camera is spectacular. You went out and took some pictures of the uh, frozen trees on uh, Thursday morning. I did. You know, we had some heavy fog, and of course, because uh, we can't fly in the fog per FAA regulations, I did wait until the fog lifted so that we had uh, we had a high ceiling, yeah. high enough ceiling to be able to fly. Um, but the, the frost that had set in on mm. those tree branches was just phenomenal. And I, I went out and got some pictures and video of that, and just, just amazing at what that looked like. What makes that camera um, so dynamic? So we've got a couple of different options, but we've got an option for a uh, 6K video camera with a one-inch sensor, and then we've got a uh, 8K camera. It's not going to perform as well in low-light situations. It doesn't have as much uh, ability to adjust the image uh, on that 8K but that higher pixel rate, you know, that takes a 48-megapixel still picture. So the still pictures for agriculture, that's a really, really good camera. Yeah. And I know this sounds backwards, but the 8K is actually less expensive than the 6K mm. by a little bit. Yeah, so um, the 6K is, is considered the better camera of the two, even though the 8K has the higher resolution. So you get a drone for Christmas, now what? And you talked about you've got to get it registered, first of all, with the FAA. Sure. Talk about... Uh, 
what's next as far as getting a pilot's license? Well, yeah, I mean, we make that decision of commercial versus recreational. If it's commercial, you've got a uh, part 107 you've got to get. That in and of itself can be intimidating to think through because you've got to go to an FAA testing center and take a test and pass this test. Mm. And the test itself has information about airspace, which is another key thing to know as you're out flying. Even if you're flying recreationally, you should understand and know what airspace you're in. Um, general rule of thumb, if you're within five miles of an airport, take some caution and, and it's not illegal to fly within five miles of some of the smaller airports, but there are some special requirements for that. So, um, pay attention to the airspace and know the airspace, uh, recreational or commercial is a good thing, but how do you learn this stuff? How do you understand what the different airspace classes are? The, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, and E airspace, and, and G. Um, well, we are, um, with Sundance Media Group, hosting a another one of their uh, webinar-style classes for a Part 107 preparation. And even if you're not going to do the Part 107, if you are purely recreational and you just need help understanding airspace, this is a really great class for that. Yeah. So it is two days. It's coming up here in January. Uh, we do have one just about every month, not not always, but pretty close. Um, the dates of the next upcoming class are January 13th and 14th from 9 to 5. And, again, it's a webinar-style class, so you can you can do this from mm-hmm. the comfort of your own home. And uh, you, you can sign up online. Give us a call. We can sure share that information with you, get you a link to that. But in addition to learning airspace, you're going to learn about um, how to read the, the METARs, the weather information that the airports put out, which is – kind of in its own language if you've never seen one before uh they're a little bit cryptic and you got to decipher them uh to be able to understand that uh you'll also understand some best practices some of the new faa rules um the lamp system low altitude authorization network coordination uh radio procedures pre and pre and post flight Mm -hmm. procedures uh, there's, there's just so much information packed into this class that's so incredibly beneficial to be able to fly safely. Um, that's really what we're after is a, a safe flight so that we don't have uh, anyone harmed, either manned aviation if there's airplanes nearby or anybody flying the drone. If there's people nearby and that drone gets out of control, we don't want that to fall and hit someone and hurt someone. Yeah. Very good, and that's uh, two classes, two days, and then uh, really you've had a pretty good success rate with this, haven't you? You know, of the people that have taken this class, 100% of them went in and taken their Part 107 test with the FAA and passed it on the first try. So that, to me, is an amazing testimony to the quality of information that Sundance Media Group puts out, so we're just super excited about that and continue to promote what they do, uh, knowing that we're getting safe pilots out there. Very good. Adam, anything else to add today? You know, one last little thing here. Uh, The FAA dropped some new regulations on us here right at the end of the year, and this is a good thing. Normally, when we talk new regulations, we're worried about them being burdensome. They announced some new rules around remote ID, which really isn't going to impact uh, most people for probably another year or maybe year and a half. But this is going to enable things like uh, drone deliveries, flights over people, um, beyond visual line of sight flights, some of those types of things that we today can't do without an extensive waiver process, this will allow us to do that. And um, remote ID is just simply 
the drone being able to broadcast who uh, is the pilot and where the where the ground station is located and and just where the drone is at, broadcasting mm-hmm. its location, so others can know. And then we've got the ability to have some avoidance of, of that. You know, if you think about like an air traffic control situation. They know where all the manned aircraft are, but drones aren't going to pop up on a radar, so that makes it a little tougher. Um, manned aviation, airplanes have a, a, a beacon on them broadcasting their position at all times. It's, a, it's called ADS-B. Yes. Some drones have started implementing that, but this is a requirement that down the road we're going to have that same type of system for drones so that we can avoid other drones, manned air, airplanes, and uh, be able to have all of the things that it's going to take for the unmanned aviation industry to really move forward. Well, Adam, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate all you do for us, and uh, best of luck in 2021. Looking forward to uh, this year, for sure. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you as well, and have a great day. You too, Adam Gittins, General Manager for HTSAG. This is Precision Talk, and we do it every Friday morning right here on KSOM, brought to you by HTSAG.